Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS Free Game Show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD, if you want to follow me there on Twitter. And it's Friday. I'm back. We're back. We're back for uh, go over some, some NFL stuff, right? I know on Friday, a lot of people want to see some, uh, some MMA stuff. Maybe touch on that in a little bit later in the show uh, and, uh, and answer your DFS que- uh, strategy questions. As usual, see you guys in the YouTube chat. Anthony Golding, Pug, Pug Daddy, Joe Mac, Max Coach, Card Fan, Smooth Jimmy Apollo. Shane Newman, give me those thumbs up. I'm going to wave my thumbs at you until I get the thummy thumbs. Uh, hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. So it's it's Friday. Friday, it's typically the day where I start uh, kind of like researching uh, lineup types. I mean, I was doing that a little bit yesterday because we had the advanced sports analytics show uh, a day earlier. So just going through. And what I like to do is I like to run lineups. Whenever I say run lineups, that means just, like putting together combinations and seeing projection versus ownership of like stack combinations. You know, you take a guy out of the player pool. What does this lineup look like? So, so that's typically how I start a slate. So like, I'm not looking, I'm not pouring through NFL data or anything. I'm assuming everything is, uh, is in the projections. Now, one thing I like using the blitz projections, but I also aggregate across the industry so if you don't want to just simply go by one projection set, we have the ability in Lineup HQ, you could upload your own projections. You could also aggregate them in whatever weight that you want. So let's say I want to have uh, 60% blitz and 40% gridiron IQ projections or something like that. You don't want to go specifically all in one, but you want to weight them whatever confidence level you have in, in the the projection set. So I'm going to do 60, 40, just for the sake of this example, because uh, I upload a bunch of others. So I'm going to save this projection set. So you can give me an aggregate and then I'll be able to run lineups. Then I could start seeing, you know, what lineups project well, what stack combinations project well, and uh, their, their general ownership and, and be able to compare them. So give me, give me just a sense of like, like if I just ran lineups and just said, give me 150 lineups right now and just I'm going to play them. Like who's more likely to come up than others, right? Because then now after that, I could judge versus ownership how much more or less of a player that I should be playing. So I'm going to put this together. Smooth Jimmy Apollo, can we go through your research process again? That's what I'm, I'm doing that. I'm doing that, Jimmy. I'm doing it. Because why not? Show it. Okay, so I got my, my aggregate projections here. We have RG ownership for this. One thing I'm going to change is because we didn't have an update uh, for Khalil Herbert. He's not going to be 1% owned, okay? Because if we, if we leave it at 1%, that means I'm going to end up with him in like all my leagues. So let, let's, just, let's just say he's 18%. Of course, a lot of the other guys have to change. If he's going to be 18, it's going to come out of some others, but we're not going to get into that. I'm just showing you the process. This is something you could do Sunday morning. You could do Saturday night. Uh, so I'm just I'm just putting him at, at 18% because he's he's not going to be 1% owned at 4,600 as virtually the only running back in the Bears backfield. Okay, so now I'm going to go to stacks. I'm going to go to my, uh, first go to my build rules, make sure, you know, unique one. I'm just going to build uh, 100 lineups, you know, just leave 500 on the table at most. 
uh, limit, you know, two players from a team that's not in the stack, you know, just the standard stuff, right? Okay, so I'm gonna build a hundred lineups, but I'm gonna, when I set up the stack, I'm only gonna play 5% of each quarterback. There's 20 quarterbacks on the slate, right? So that's 5% each. So I could, basically I'm going to be getting a, uh, an even amount that just so I could see literally every law, every quarterback stack doesn't mean I'm going to play them, but uh, on a larger slate, maybe I, I put, I still put this at 10 or whatever. Just, the whole point is so you could see all the combinations of like, if, even if I wanted to stack the Texans, what does that lineup look like? I may not use that lineup. The mine, the lineup may not project well, but at least I get to see it. Okay. So I'm going to do a hundred lineups like that. And then I'm going to go into the stack combinations. Okay. And I do it very broadly. So like quarterback with two of their teammates, which includes running backs and, uh, and one and a run back of any type, right? So a three plus one is what I call it. Three from one team, one from the other. I'm going to run a hundred lineups like that. I make sure I got all my build rules, just all set is bare, very bare basic. Yeah, we got that. So I'm going to run a hundred lineups. Now, what you could do is you could also set up yourself a little, little worksheet. So I made a little worksheet before the show. In fact, I added three plus two. So let's do that. Let's, let's, let's start with the three plus twos. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to delete that. Okay. So three plus two. I'm not necessarily sure if I'm going to be using three plus twos in large field GPPs, but three plus twos are, are definitely viable for, for smaller fields. And so it's like five players from the same game. So I'm going to run a hundred of those 5% of each quarterback. So the quarterback controls these stacks because you see, we have to use one quarterback. So then I set up the worksheet, which you don't have to do, but I'm just, just to visualize it. So I could put in, you know, what's the, what's the projection? What's the ownership of all the teams in that configuration? Cause you may find that certain teams in certain games, like, Oh, they, they, they don't project well as a three plus two or three plus one, but as a two plus one, they're much better. That's typically because there aren't as many players in the game that, that, that project well. And then you can compare the ownership to each other. So I'm going to go through this. And we're, and we're, we're going to fill it in. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this, I'm going to bring this sheet to the side. So you can't see it just so I could look here. Cause obviously look, we're getting tons of Khalil Herbert. Right, so now I go to the quarterback side and we're pretty much getting all the quarterbacks, right? We're getting more of the one, the games that obviously project better and ones that, you know, the less of ones that don't. So let's go to Joe Burrow, okay, Cincinnati. Okay, so the top line is, I'm just looking at the top line. So 143, for the, for the sake of simplicity, I'm just cutting off the, the decimal points, okay? For the, for the sake of simplicity. So our top lineup for Joe Burrow in Cincinnati on a three plus two is 143 and the ownership is 127. So I'm putting that into our spreadsheet. Then I'm going to Jared Goff. Okay. Goff on Detroit is 143, 132. Okay. Then we go to Davis Mills, 135, right? Much lower, five, but 91. On, on the ownership. We go to Kirk Cousins, 
136.95. So I'm putting that in. These are three plus two, 136.95. Then we go to Teddy Bridgewater, 136, 112. 36, 112. Then we go to Aaron Rodgers, 136, 135. Right, I'm assuming a lot of that ownership is based on Devontae Adams. Justin Herbert, 137, 123. 7123. Sam Darnold, 137-106. Okay, that isn't that bad for, for, the, for the ownership. It's a lower projection. Okay. Justin Fields, 137-130. I'm assuming Khalil Herbert is in those lineups. Bumping up the ownership. Dak Prescott, 138-129. 138-129. 129. Now, obviously, if you use a different projection set, these numbers may be different, right? Your ownership is different. I mean, I'm going by the RG ownership as it currently is with that bump up on Khalil Herbert and the, that aggregate between the Blitz and the Gridiron IQ projection. Should be that different between industry projection sets. So let's see. Indianapolis, 139, 110. 9, 110. Okay, that has Jonathan Taylor in. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 140, 145. 140, 145. Mac Jones, 140, 129. 129. Okay, Daniel Jones, 141, 132. 132. And these are three plus twos. Mahomes, 141-151. Yeah, because they're going to be heavily owned. 151. Heineke on the other side of the game, 142, 133. Is this thrilling? Is this thrilling going through the numbers? 142, 136 for Lamar. 142, 136 for Lamar. Kyler Murray, 128. Wow, that's a low, low. Yeah, this game is not all that appealing from a projection standpoint. 128, 102, Baker Mayfield. 12894. 94. And then we got uh, Las Vegas is the last one. 135, 111. 5111. Okay. So I'm going to bring this back here. So you can see I filled out the entire, you know, little worksheet, the top lineup. So you can compare, right, the games. So for instance, like Arizona, Cleveland, lower owned, but I mean, look how much lower projection. They are in comparison to other games. Like the highest ones, Cincinnati, Detroit, 143 each. Then we get Baltimore. Then we get Washington. Then we get Kansas City. And then we got this the Rams-Giants game, right? But then we got New England there at 140. We take a look at this, the ownership to go along with it, right? So like this KC one, yeah, as a three plus two is also the highest owned. So wouldn't it be much better to play the New York Giants lineup? Same projection, much lower ownership. You know, 19 point lower ownership on the top on the top stack. Obviously, you get even lower ownership by switching out a defense, switching out one of the running backs for a running back that's only one point projected lower 
and you drop off another like five, 10 points of projection. But this is a baseline. I mean, look at Indianapolis, one t- down at 110 with a 139 projection. This is something to compare it to. So these are three plus twos. Now let's say we go to three plus ones. So now we go, we change our stack. We just, we're not worried about just its teammates. Maybe you don't want to play certain running backs and certain things. Set up groups for that. You, I mean, you could you could experiment. You could spend all day doing this. I'm just I'm just showing you a very broad way, a very very broad example of this. So I'm going to build 100 lineups again. So this is three plus one. So the, the main difference between what we just ran and what we're doing now is now we're not requiring two players from the team opposite. The the numbers should be close close to each other. It's not like one game is going to project. Oh, wow. Now that we do that, Arizona-Cleveland becomes a great game. But we may see the difference between the three plus one and the three plus two if the opposing team only has like one decently projected player. There may be more of a drop off. So you're running these. We're running these right now. Okay. Did we get them? Yes, we got them. Okay. So we're going to be doing the same thing. Okay. Feel free to hit the thumbs up button while we go through this. Okay, so I'm going to bring this out over there. I'm going to go through the same exact thing that we did before. Okay, now we're getting more Kyler Murray. Now we actually get we're getting five percent of everything. Okay, so let's start at the top. Kyler Murray, okay, one thirty one, one nineteen. Let's fill that in. One thirty one, one nineteen. Okay, so basically we're getting. Uh, Three more points in projection by doing it that way, but we're gaining uh, 17 points in ownership. Okay, Baker Mayfield, 133-117. That would be the better way to go. Like, well, well, I'll show you how, how you how you do the difference uh, when we finish them all. So Aaron Rodgers, 137-129. 137-129. Davis Mills. 137, 101. 7, 101. Derek Carr, 138, 114. That isn't that isn't that that actually that's a that's actually a little bit better there justin herbert 139 121 121 bridgewater 139 116 39 1616 fields 140 121 where's chicago that's actually that's actually better Okay. Interesting. Remember, I'm doing this for myself the first time. I mean, like, like I'm I'm discovering things just like when you're discovering things. Dak Prescott, 141-144. How about Daniel Jones? 141-145. Okay. Matthew Stafford, 141-143. 
Carson Wentz, 142-109, even better. Okay. Mac Jones, 142-137. Patrick Mahomes should be the highest, 142-142. Taylor Heineke, 143-165. That's the highest of the bunch, ownership-wise. Goff, 143-142. Lamar, 144-151. And the last one is Joe Burrow, 145-152. Okay, so now I want to bring back the, the spreadsheet. Okay, so in comparison, uh, comparing the lineups, three plus two versus three plus one, we want to see which lineups, the top, this is obviously just the top line, are worth the projection versus the ownership, right? So we take a look at the KC. Like if you play it as a three plus two, you get 141 points at 140, 51 ownership. Well, if you played as a three plus one, you actually get bet. It's better, right? You get one point in ownership, you get one point in projection, and you actually drop nine points in ownership. So KC three plus one, based on this, just on looking at the top lineup, is better as a three plus one and not a three plus two. It may actually be overowned in small field as a three plus two. And we take a look at the Washington side. It's like the Washington side, you almost rather be the other one. Like what to 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 get another what 30, 32 percentage points in ownership for a one projection. So here I'd much rather play the three. If you're gonna play a three plus two in this game, I'd much rather do it from the Washington side. Okay, then we look at the Chargers. The Chargers, the three plus one is better, right? Higher projection, lower ownership. Right. Baltimore is about even, right? It's a higher projection, but the ownership is coming with it. Right. 136 to 151. You're gaining two points in projection. You're gaining 15 points in ownership. Okay. Dallas, about the same thing. As the projection goes up, you're getting more ownership. And New England, similarly also. Arizona, similar, right? You're getting more ownership, you're getting more projection. Cleveland. You're getting a lot more projection, though. Look, look, Cleveland goes from 128 to 133. Yeah, it does go up another, you know, 23 percentage points in ownership. But, like, I'd much rather play from the Cleveland side. So, if you could also compare the two to the sides of the game. Like, in the three-plus-one situation, I think I'd much rather play the KC side than the Washington side, given that it's only a one-point projection difference, but a 23-point ownership difference. Right, the Chargers Baltimore game. Is the five points in projection worth the 30 points in ownership? Well, you have to decide. Right. But you could look here. Like if I'm looking to play three plus twos. So a lot of times you're not gonna you're not playing three plus twos, most likely in uh large field GPPs. So like like uh, I see Angelo asking, how often do I end up playing three plus twos in small field? I do. I'm more likely to play three plus twos, four plus twos, you know, triple stack. A game. These are, this is under a thousand entries in the field. 
So I still look at them because I'm going to be playing some of the smaller spies, double spies, you know, some of the smaller field stuff. So I want to see which lot, which uh, teams may be fine for three plus ones, but not as good as three plus twos and vice versa. So if I look here, like Indianapolis, like it doesn't, it doesn't seem like I get much from doing a three plus two, right? I go from a three plus one, which is a 142 ownership, 142 projection to get a three plus two that is more correlated. I'm going to give up three points in projection, but I'm actually going to gain one point in ownership. So a three plus two from Indianapolis, I wouldn't do. Houston, about equal, right? You're giving up two points in projection. You're gaining 10 points in ownership, eh. right? Denver, you're dropping three points in projection and not getting that much ownership. Las Vegas, you're dropping three points in projection and getting, getting not much ownership. Here, Chicago, you're dropping three points in ownership and projection and you're gaining ownership. Here, you're dropping one point in projection and gaining ownership. Carolina, you're dropping two points in projection and gaining ownership. Minnesota, you're dropping two points in projection, but you're gaining a lot more ownership. So Minnesota, three plus two, that, that could be a candidate. It'd be very contrarian, but a candidate. Detroit. Detroit, look, I'm not dropping any projection, and I'm dropping 10 points in ownership. So there's a candidate. Cincinnati, I'm dropping two points in projection, but I'm also dropping like 25 points in ownership. So that may be a candidate. The Giants, look, look at the Giants. I'm dropping 13 points in projection, but I'm in, in ownership, but not nothing in projection. So there's a candidate. The Rams, I'm kind of gaining ownership. It's about equal. Cleveland, is five points worth that much ownership? I don't know. That, that's a judgment call. Arizona, right? Arizona is three points of projection worth this 17% in owner points. Judgment call. New England, like this is about equal. I'm dropping two points in projection. I'm dropping eight points in ownership. Eh. Dallas, three points in projection. I'm dropping 15 points in ownership. Eh. Judgment. Baltimore. Two points for this much? Eh, it's about equal. Chargers. I'm gain I'm actually gaining. I'm gaining, right? Chargers three plus twos don't seem to seem to be not not seem to be candidates. Washington. It's more likely I'll play Washington as a, a three plus two than as a three plus one based on these ownership levels. And vice versa for for Kansas City. So this is this is what you could do. I mean, you could eyeball this yourself. You don't have to make a little chart like this. But that's the concept that you're trying to do. So this is just three plus two versus three plus one. Okay. Now let's look at three plus one versus two plus one. We'll stick, skip over this three plus zero. Okay. So skinny, skinny stacks. Okay. So we're going to go in and we're going to create those skinny stacks with the run back type of lineups. So that would be a two plus one. So, okay. Here we go. Right. Quarterback one teammate and one opponent as a run back doing the same thing i want i want them all so we'll make that and i'll go through some of the youtube chat joe clary and cash is giving up a half a point of projection but drop 10 percent in lineup ownership smart so you won't tie with 50 guys using the number one lineup lineup hq spits out 
or just take the top projected lineup regardless of ownership. Until uh, until more than half your opponents are duped, ownership, side with the ownership, if anything, right? I don't, these types of calculations of projection versus ownership, this is for GPP. If anything, in cash, you should be doing the opposite. I don't mind giving up a little bit of projection to get more ownership, right? So you don't get burned. But if you're playing, if you're playing larger double ups, there's no reason why. So great, you're duped for 40 times. What does it matter? Does it doesn't matter to me in double ups until half the field has the same line. And let me tell you, on some NBA slates, that happens, right? We have NBA slates where the pricing comes out, and then you know by 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 lock, there's four guys have been ruled out, and like like there's like half your lineup are like guys that are three thousand underpriced. And that means that you have to fit in X way and like everyone has the same line. Then sure, okay, then. Right, until until you get to that point where where you when you once you put in the lineup and it locks and more than half the field has that lineup, which means like you're not even going to double up, right? You're not like now, now your EV starts going down. But what, but duplication in double ups uh, doesn't matter until, until that, until that starts happening, it doesn't matter. So I play the best lineup you can. Don't, don't try to get less ownership. If anything, you should be trying to get more ownership into your lineup in cash games. Brady Sanders, this would be a stupid Saturday question, but in lineup HQ, how do you create a stack that pairs a running back and DSD from the same team? You could just do that right in the stacks, right? Right, second game stacks, third game stacks. So add a second stack and you go. Team one, use running back and DSD from the same team, right? Running back DSD and nothing from the other side. Then whatever teams you want, however many percentage of the lineups you want to play, right? There you go. Just it's just like anything else. You just do running back and DST from the same team, zero from the other side. Now we're not doing that in, in, in these for, for what we're doing, but that's how you do it. Okay, let me let me go. Let's start filling out that. Okay, so these are the skinny stacks. Obviously, all these lineups have Khalil Herbert. That's not that's not what we're looking. That's not that the, the 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 secondary correlations and the the one-offs and all that. We're, we're not caring about that. We're, we're caring about the stacks. So I'm going to bring this worksheet out. So these are the skinny stacks. Okay, we're going to go through. We're going to go through this. We keep on going through this. Okay, okay. So let's see. Lamar Jackson. Okay, 147. See, now we're going to get higher projections because we're not forcing a second guy in from the team. 147, 164. But obviously the ownership is going to start going up. 164. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Baker Mayfield. 137, 139. Uh, where is where where is it? 137, 139. Kirk Cousins. 139, 129. 120. I'm going to get rid of these three plus zero columns, maybe. We could go over. Let me, uh, just easier if I got rid of it. Let's see. We're going to move these. Du, 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 du. Delete row, delete column, delete column. So we just don't have time to do them all. Delete column. Delete, delete this column. Delete the columns. Delete the columns. 
Okay. So we're still going through these two plus ones. So Aaron Rodgers, 139-160 for Aaron Rodgers. 160 for Aaron Rodgers. Davis Mills, 140-141. 141. Derek Carr, 141 37. 37. Sam Darnold, 141 135. Five. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater, 141 123. 123. Justin Fields, 141-141. Where's Chicago? 41-141. Okay, Justin Herbert, 142-144. We're going we're gonna to be comparing these now to the three plus ones. I mean, that's the reason why we're putting these now. 142, 143, one for Stafford. 142 to 133. Prescott, 143 to 152. Patrick Mahomes, 143-160. Carson Wentz, 143-123. Daniel Jones, 143, 158. 143, 158. Pretty, pretty high owned. Mac Jones, 143. 3, 130. 30. Heineke, 145, 161. Jared Goff, 145, 136. Burrow, 145, 165. 165. And Kyler Murray, 135. Yeah, this game sucks. <laughs> 130 okay so we got that together now we can see here just looking at the two plus ones that the baltimore i mean 147 is much higher than i mean if we sort just even by by on the two plus one basis like baltimore i mean it's the highest in the three plus ones also and it's the highest in the three plus twos i mean i'm assuming that comes from lamar jackson's projection right for the quarterback so you can just scroll up in the line i mean look Green Bay doesn't project all that well. The Arizona-Cleveland game doesn't project all that well, right? Surprisingly enough, like Detroit, like Goff stacks. Like, like you take a look at the Cincinnati-Detroit game. Like, if they're both going to project at 145, why not play the Goff side, which is going to be, what, there's a 29-point difference in ownership? Right? At 145. I mean, look, we look at Washington. Look at KC. KC two plus ones have a 143 at the top line with a 160% ownership. Detroit, right? Look, Cincinnati is 
two points higher, a little bit, a little bit higher owned. But like KC is going to be like the chalkiest, you know, this is going to be the chalkiest game, KC Washington. So now if you want to compare the two plus ones to the three plus ones. So basically three plus ones means, you know, two teammates. So if, if a team has two well-projected teammates, the three plus ones are going to be, are going to look good. If they don't, it's quite possible the two plus ones are better. So now we're comparing the two plus one to the three plus one. Okay. So if we take a look here, if we add an extra player, so we're going from the two plus one side to the three plus one side. So we're adding one. So if we add a player to the KC stack, we're uh, dropping one point in ownership and 18 point, uh, one point in projection, 18 points in ownership. So I'd say the three plus one is a much better in the KC than the two plus one. We take a look here. Like if we add a player to the Washington side, we drop two points in projection and we gain ownership, right? So no, I'd rather play the two plus one. The Chargers, you drop three points in projection, but you gain 20 points in ownership. Okay, that's fine. Baltimore, you drop three points in projection and you gain 13 points in ownership. Eh, judgment call. For Dallas, you drop two points in projection and you give up eight points in ownership. Eh, judgment call. New England, you drop one point in ownership and you gain you, one point in projection, and you gain ownership. So, no, no, I'd rather play the two plus one here. Arizona, you're dropping four points in projection to gain only 11 points in ownership. I probably wouldn't do that. Cleveland, you're dropping four points in projection, but you're gaining 22 points in ownership. Okay. That's judgment call, right? You could judge it for yourself. Rams. Rams, to add the extra player, you're dropping one point in projection and you're gaining ownership. So no, I'd rather not do that. Giants. Dropping two points in projection and you're dropping 13 points in ownership. Okay, judgment call, right? That seems, you could judge it for yourself. You're getting ownership. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, to add the extra player, you're dropping none, no, no projection and you're eliminating 13% in ownership. So that's easy. I'd rather play the three plus one. Goff. Goff, on the other hand, you're dropping two points in projection, but you're... Uh, you're adding ownership. So the golf stacks are more likely to play as a two plus one. Cincinnati are more likely to play as a three plus one. Minnesota, dropping one point in projection, but getting rid of 18 percentage points in ownership. That seems like a good trade-off. Carolina, you're dropping two points in projection and you're getting rid of 21 percentage points of ownership. That seems good also. So these Minnesota Carolina teams seem much better as three plus ones than they do as two plus ones because obviously this game is not going to be as owned so when you add that second guy to the stack it's going to drop your ownership even more green bay see look at green bay green bay is a two plus one is going to be 160 percent owned drop two points in projection you gain 31 points in ownership i like that trade-off i'm much more likely to play it as a three plus one because obviously the two plus one is Rogers Adams. So adding that second player is like a Lazard or a Cobb or a Tanyan, someone that is not going to be that owned. Chicago, 
You're dropping one point in projection and you're dropping 20 points in ownership. That seems like a good trade-off. Las Vegas, dropping two points in projection and you're dropping uh, 23 points in ownership. That seems like a pretty good trade-off. Denver, dropping two points in ownership, two points in projection. You're getting only seven points in ownership. Eh, maybe not. Houston, dropping three points in projection, but you're gaining 40 points in ownership. That seems much better. I'm much more likely to play the Houston. If I play any Davis Mills, probably be as a three plus one, not as a two plus one. Indianapolis, dropping one point in projection and you're gaining 14 points in ownership. So that, that, seems, like a, that seems like a pretty good trade-off. So you see what I'm doing? The general concept here. That's what I, I'm always focused on the general concepts. Feel free to use whatever projections, whatever ownership you can tweak. I don't think this guy is going to be 10% owned. I think he's going to be 16. Well, then change it, right? Before you do all of this. Uh, and maybe you're like, well, I'm like these Wentz lineups all have like Jonathan Taylor. But if you say to yourself, I'm not going to play Wentz and Taylor together because of negative correlation there, which it is, but not like dramatically, uh, then X them out. So make it so that those stacks don't have a running back in them, right? If you're gonna, if you're not gonna play Stafford and Henderson together, like put that in, do exactly what I'm doing now, but then make a group so that doesn't happen. Because I mean, we have some lineups here, at least two plus ones. Like if I go to go to where's Staff? Where's Stafford? Like some of these Stafford lineups are literally Stafford Henderson. Like they don't even have a receiver. It's just Stafford Henderson. Stafford Henderson right? Do you want to include these types of lineups into your calculations and your comparisons of what we're doing right now? If the answer is no, then group them out. Then make it so you can't make these lineups. That, that make a group that Stafford, if has to be with at least one receiver, right? You could be, it could be Stafford, Henderson, Woods. Maybe you don't mind that. But if you don't even want Stafford and Henderson together in the same lineup, then just group them out. Right, just Stafford, Henderson, zero, one, and then run these. So I'm running these without any conditions whatsoever. So if there are, there are, there are negative correlation impacts that you want to take out of your lineups, do that before you run these. Right, because then obviously these Stafford lineups project wide because you're playing the quarterback and the, and the running back. And you're running it back with, some, with Evan Ingram or something, right? And you get some of these, like the Wentz lineups. For the Daniel Jones lineups, look, Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker, Daryl Henderson. Am I likely to play? Are you going to play two running backs from the same team? Maybe you X those out. Maybe you, you make a group. So you're going to be doing that before you run these. So these lineups don't count, right? The top Daniel Jones lineup is a Daniel Jones, Devontae Booker lineup with Daryl Henderson. If you'll never make this lineup, then you shouldn't be including that as, you know, any type of comparison that you're making. Because it may be that that these Rams Giants stacks, when you have to force in wide receivers, Cup, Woods, Shepard, Slayton, if he plays or whatever, Engram, maybe maybe they don't project poorly, but maybe instead of being one forty three, one fifty eight, it's like one thirty eight, one seventeen. Like okay, well you need to know that. I'm just showing you the example. I mean, I'm just showing you. Just this is the broadest way of doing it for this for the sake of simplicity for, for, for this show. 
I'm not going to go through and make groups and everything right now, especially right now. We don't even we, we don't even know some people if they're playing or not. I have no idea. But this is the research process. To me, this is research, right? We can see clearly on this worksheet that the Arizona-Cleveland game, from a projection standpoint, and as well as an ownership, I mean, yeah, the ownership is much is lower, but the projection is much lower. So if we do these these three plus ones, which is a much more large field standard type of roster construction. I mean, why are you playing an Arizona three plus one that projects for ten points lower than some other teams that are similarly owned? Look, if you're going to play a uh, uh, three plus one at 131 points in projection, at 119 percentage points in ownership. Why don't you play Minnesota, Carolina, right? Arizona versus Minnesota is a seven-point difference in projection and lower ownership, right? You're gaining seven points in projection and you're actually gaining eight points in ownership. Or even the Carolina side is even better. Eight points in projection and you're gaining 15 points in ownership. So you'd look at this and go, well, I guess I'm not playing much of Arizona and Cleveland. Maybe you have one-offs. Maybe if they fit in, maybe those players get in somehow. But based on this, Kyler Murray may not, I mean, I may not have any Kyler Murray on Sunday. Right? I may more likely have Sam Darnold or, or Kirk Cousins. Maybe I have none of those. Maybe, maybe I end up with none of them. But this is how you can compare the stacks to each other. Rather than look, I mean, if you just looked at the totals, you'd go, well, Arizona Cleveland has a 49 and a half total. Why aren't I playing? Why aren't I playing Kyler Murray at Baker Mayfield? It's one of the higher total games. And then you'd look at Minnesota Carolina and go, it's a 45 and a half total. Why would I play that game over this game? Well, it's like, I mean, well, salaries matter in DFS, right? Salaries matter, just like the Chargers. Mike Williams is, is, is 8,100. So I believe these Chargers three plus ones are going to project lower. Because you're not able to fit in good players in the rest of your lineup. That's why you have to view, this is viewing them as lineups, not players. Now you can eyeball these. I mean, you don't have to write them out like this. I mean, I, I, I could run them like, like I've been doing and get a sense for myself anyway. But if you need a little worksheet, here's a little worksheet. Sometimes I, sometimes I jot it down on a sheet of paper. A lot of times I don't, I don't make a little spreadsheet. I literally just, I do this process that we're doing right now. And I just have a, I have a sheet, you know, just I got a sheet of paper, you know, sheets of paper on the side to take down little notes. I'm old school, right? Rather than have a, you know, having to enter stuff. Because then I can make little notes and squiggles on it. Do I have a little bit of that, a little bit of this? I can make whatever notes I want. But to me, this is research. This is the research you should be doing. Because you're researching DFS. You're not researching the football games. These numbers are, are that they've already done it. I know I repeat myself, but there may be new people here. Anything that's already in the projections, you do not have to look at it. It's already been, been accounted for. And in fact, it's probably being accounted for at a better weight than you trying to do so in your head. Well, this guy, this has a good run defense and that has a blah, blah, blah. And the offensive lineman is out and the defensive, whatever. Like, it's some, if, if it was predictive, whatever, whatever, uh, amount the predictive power it has it's going to be in it's going to be in the projections all right going through the youtube chat uh, 
Nathaniel Goss, three plus two are just bad plays all around, even your projection show. Yeah, for large field, you see that the projection starts coming down once you start adding all this correlation. The whole point of correlation is that it helps the players that are alongside each other, but to what extent? Would you be willing to give up 20 points in projection for the sake of correlation? Probably not, but there is a line there. Where is that line? If I could get if I could get an extra player into my lineup that's correlated and I don't have to give up, I mean we have that that one one we had one of those, I think with the Rams, right? We added a player. No, the the Bengals. I mean, take a look at the Bengals. Adding a player from a two plus one to a three plus one didn't change our projection. It lowered our ownership and we gained correlation. So this would show that. I'd rather add correlation helps your, your ceiling and, and, and it adds variance to your, to your lineup. So if I could add variance to my lineup in large field GPPs without giving up any projection, give it to me, right? There's going to be a, there's normally a trade-off. Your goal is to figure out, you know, how much is that trade-off worth? Is it worth eight projection points? Probably not. Pro- probably not. Same problem. Likely is what's that line? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? There's no exact answer. I can't tell you the answer. You have to judge it for yourself. On some slates, maybe you have to do that in order to get any type of correlation. It's a very rare slate. But you can see the differences between, well, adding correlation to one team may be different than another team because there may be more players that project well on a given team than others. The reason why Arizona and Cleveland comes up poorly is because most of the players in that game, in comparison to other players on the slate, don't project that well. And now you're forcing multiple of them in, right? Instead of having one-offs that actually project better. Let's see. But yes, the three plus twos, like you don't need the high, you don't need the nuts. So for the smaller field contest, I'm more likely to over-correlate. Do I get, let me get one thing right. Let me get this game right and then fit everything else around. So in the smaller field stuff, I'm more likely, it doesn't mean, hey, in small field stuff, I've played skinny stacks, two plus one. I play, I, you can. You have to judge the lineups for yourself. But I'm more likely, if one game projects well and is low-owned enough for, you know, for the combination, like, yeah, like if you want to, in, 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 uh, in, uh, small field, if we take a look at here, you know, like the Cincinnati-Detroit game, like 143, three plus two. If you want to play Burrow, let's say you play Burrow plus Higgins plus Boyd or Chase plus Swift plus Amon Ross St. Brown or something and play a three plus two like that, I see no problem with that. Right? Because based on, look, would you rather, did this three plus two of Cincinnati-Detroit projects better than the Casey Washington one? And is lower owned, so it's like okay. So there's a three. Can is that? Can I get that game right? And let's say you let's say you could do it as Goff plus St. Brown plus Hawkinson plus Higgins plus Mixon, right? You're taking five guys, all right? You lock them in and see which ones are better. And then all you have to do is for a smaller field contest, you're trying to beat five hundred, a thousand at most. So like, can I get the Cincinnati-Detroit game right? And then you just pe- play the best plays around them. 
right? And that lineup, if you could get Khalil Herbert, if you could get Daryl Henderson in, right? You get, you know, if you could get Devontae Adams in, fine, fine, just jam him in, and there you go. For smaller field, but that game is, unless that game goes 50 to 47, like it's much more likely that there's going to be one-offs from other games that put up 30, 40 points. That to win a large field, 50,000, 100,000 entry contest, you're probably going to need a higher score. So three plus twos, I typically reserve for smaller field contests. Uh, Angelo says, thank you. Make sure you order the Theory of DFS class from Jordan and James McCool. It's the best thing out there for improving your game, no matter what sport or contest. Now, we, this is not, that's not a paid, paid promotion. We didn't pay him to say that. Uh, Angelo, uh, did, do you look into adding a one plus? So basically, are you looking to add in a secondary correlation in addition to the three plus two? And this is for small field. Seems to make sense from the, I need to get less things correct. Curious, your thoughts. Yes. As, lo as long as you're not dramatically, as long as you're not dramatically giving up that much projection, right? But yes, I agree with you to get less things right, to add the secondary correlation. So you put the three plus two in, and then you put, put a one plus running back wide receiver in the flex or whatever, as long as you're not giving up a ton of projection in order to do that, right? Don't just, don't just do it just for the sake of doing it. If you're giving up one point in projection to do it, okay, that's, that's fine, but don't don't purposely say, "Well, I'm gonna play Devonte Adams and uh, and uh, and Allen Robinson, who doesn't project well." Or uh, I'm gonna put in Javante Williams and Hunter Renfro. It's like, what? Why do you have to? Why do you have to do that? Like, find a one v one, a one a secondary that fits and project. Lock in your guys, right? You could do that in lineup HQ. Be like, okay, I already decided on my three plus two. Well, lock in that three plus two. And then go to the stacks, turn off the primary ones and add the second ones, 100% of like one, you know, one, one, one. And then just run, run, run 20 lineups and see which ones, see which ones project the best, right? There you go. Research that, that's how you should be using lineup HQ. It's a tool. It's not a tool to just build lineups for you to play. It's a tool for you to use as a calculator to go what lineups are better than other ones. What lineups could I want to play? You'll find, a lot of times you'll use it and go, I didn't realize that these lineups rejected that. Wow, well, oh, okay. I learned something. Of Goff, these Goff lineups, like I didn't even consider playing Jared Goff. Doesn't mean you're going to play him in 80% of your lineups, but it'd be like, okay, these, aren't, these are not as bad as people think they are based on the projections. So maybe I play some, right? Uh Lineup HQ from Michael Dompier. Is there an easy way to tell the RG builder, for example, I want exactly 70% of my Lamar ja Jackson lineups to be paired with either Andrews or Marquise Brown and 25% not with either? No, there's no way to do that now. There's no way to have uh, percentages in groups. We've been, they've been working on that, but they haven't found, found a good way to do that without like completely borking everything. But no, there's, there's no way to do... Uh, uh, conditionals with percentages. You'd have to say that all, either all of your lineups are like that or none of your lineups are like that. Uh, oh, Eagles wants to know the MMA stuff. Yeah, we're getting cl close to the close to the end. Right. I'll, let me let me get let me let me let me go through some of these questions. I'll show you the MMA, MMA stuff right after. 
uh, Joe Clary, when you pop out 150 lineups and say they are plus EV, what metrics do you use to confirm? Example, if projection is over 130 and ownership is 100, under 110 equals plus EV, I can't easily calculate like a poker hand. No, you can't. You'd have to simulate the contest in order to really get like the EVs. I look for a range. Like I said, I don't play to be precise. I play to be directionally accurate, okay? The correct way to do this would be to simulate the contests, right? So you get you, 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 you create all possible combinations of lineups, then based on the ownership projections, pick out the 200,000 lineups that are in the contest or whatever. At that, those, so the ownership makes sense. And then you take that, and then you, you could Monte Carlo sim if you want, and just basically run the contest with the payout structure. And you run that, you, you basically simulate the slate once, twice, three, you simulate it 10,000 times, 50,000 times, 100,000 times. Then you divide whatever, you know, the, each lineup comes out to whatever. And then that's the EV. That would, that would be the expected value. That's, that's the more proper way of doing it. But if you don't have the ability to do that, which I, I don't have the skill I've, I've, I can do a little of that. It's just, it's not good and it's not fast and I don't trust it, right? So I can do a little bit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, that's not my specialty, but I can get there directionally by looking at the range of lineups with the, with the ownership, some more product. So like, just, just, just looking through these, I could know that Arizona is going to be out. Cleveland's going to be out, right? Cause why would I play lineups that are, that are, owned about as much and give up this much projection right i could take i could take a look and go like let's say we run i'm gonna go i'm gonna take out this five percent right i'm gonna just do a let's do it really blunt i'm gonna do i'm gonna cap everything at 20 percent, even the defense like i said this is not the way you should be doing it i'm just doing it very very bluntly okay and it doesn't matter what the flex exposure is. So I'm going to just build 100 lineups like this with, with three plus one stacks, right? And make sure that they're wide receiver tight ends. So I'm doing, you know, so I'll go through this and then look through the lineups and see which, which team stacks, which types of lineups, which types of players are in the lineups that affect the projection and affect the ownership the most. Right. So more likely we take a look at the player pool and we go by, uh, let's just look at wide receivers. So I'm going by RGV, which is salary adjusted plus minus. If we take a look at the differences between like a lot of these players right in the middle are not that dramatically different. So like Amari Cooper versus Jamar Chase and you're gaining 10 percentage points in ownership, $700 difference. Like it may be like Amari Cooper lineups may be over-owned, right? I take a look here. Robert Woods lineups may be a little over-owned because at 6,100, there are other guys in this range that you could play. Okay, so it only made 60 lineups, whatever. You go through, you could go through fantasy points, high and low, and look at the ownership. Now, obviously 152, this is probably way high for any gpp right so we're building stacks so 152 145 152 144 right so if you want to go and scroll down 
and go just the general, very hard line concept of why would I play a lineup that is more owned and less projected and get rid of those lineups. So this is 145, 152. This is 144, 157. So it's lower projected and it's higher owned. So I don't want it. Since this is organized by fantasy points, basically this ownership level should only go down. So we went down from 152 to 137. So anything that's that's not 137, we get rid of. 130, okay. Anything that's not 130 or below, we get rid of. 133. Now, this only made 60 lineups, which so is doing it for ease. This, this, this practice would be much better with like 300 lineups. All right, so we're getting rid of 130, 130.4. No, not low enough. 129.2. Okay, so we're getting rid of any lineup that's not less than 129. Here's 124. Okay, here's 120. So anything that's lower, 94. Okay, so can we find lineups that are lower than 94? 94.5. No, it's not low. It's not lower. 85. Okay, there's an 85 lineup. 86. Can we get find anything under 85? 82. There's 81. I accidentally got rid of it. 74. Okay, there's a 74. 61. I wonder if we're going to do better than 61. I don't think we're going to do better than 61. Yeah, we're not. Okay. So now we got lineups that are at least like in the vein of like you're giving up projection for ownership. Right? So you take a look at, you know, take a look at who you got in here. Look, look who I don't have in here. Devontae Adams, right? If we go by, by projected ownership, right? Who, are we get, who am I getting less of? Like Devontae Adams doesn't show up in these lineups as much, right? Jonathan Taylor doesn't show up in these lineups as much, right? So we're comparing the ownership of the players. I'm getting enough Henderson, but not that. I mean, obviously uh, there's only 11 lineups. That's why I said this is, much, this is a much better exercise with 300 lineups. But DeAndre Swift, it's like, oh, DeAndre Swift is going to be chalky. Darrell Williams is going to be chalky. Well, maybe maybe that's what you should be having, right? T. Higgins, because you're getting a lot of Burrow stacks, right? But Cooper, under on Cooper, over on Jacoby Myers. But even with McLaurin, like, it's hard to say. There's only 11 lineups. So, like, over, under, over on McCaffrey, if he plays even. So, you're looking at him, and you're looking at the range, so most likely this is a very chalky line, 152. This is not really a large field line. So you're like, okay, 145, 152, 144, 137, 144, 130, right? You're probably playing something more in the closer to like this, 94. Look, look how much ownership we drop, barely giving up any projection. So I'm looking at this lineup and going, here's the sweet spot. Because right, look how look how much I mean even from this line one thirty nine point six eight at one twenty four this is one thirty eight at ninety four of course this is the Mac Jones line Mac Jones Cook McCaffrey this is a really contrarian line but it projects at one thirty eight point nine seven assuming that this all stays the same 
But this, look at this letter. This is a much contrarian construction altogether. Right? So we're gonna we're gonna get rid of the lineups that are above it. These are all lineups above. So now I got a range. Now I got a 138.94, 133.85. So dropping some ownership and some projection. 131.82, 130.74, So like these are more of the type of lineups. I mean, this lineup at the bottom is you know maybe maybe the the end of your range, but it's like maybe you shouldn't be playing any lineups that are under about 130 projection unless they're under 61% ownership. You kind of got like the caps of it. So now you understand what like range that you're in. So maybe if you wanted to, you're like, I don't want any lineups that are, that are over 95% and nothing that's under 60%. And then you try to get all the lineups that are in between 129 and 138 in that range. Plus EV lines. Doesn't mean they're all plus EV. This, like I said, directionally accurate, right? Doesn't mean that doesn't mean they're all EV. And also, it's going to lock you out of some lineups that may be better, you know, even though they're slightly higher owned or slightly higher projected or lower projected. But this, this is a way to get directionally, more directionally accurate. But you won't know this. That's why when people ask me, how many points are you willing to give up for the, like, you don't know until you do it, until, until, until you have the slate. Right, you won't know. I didn't. I'm doing this literally right in front of you. I I don't know. Is this drop worth it? Look, look at the drop here, one thirty eight ninety seven to one thirty three. So that's like, I mean, that's one thirty nine. That's a six point drop for only like nine points in ownership. How many lineups are between them? So I would try to make all those lineups and see how many there are. Right between eighty five and ninety five. And if there are a lot of them, then, then you know that you don't have to give up six points in projection in order to get them. That's how you judge. But like I said, this, this is a guessing game. This is how, how to be directionally accurate. You're more likely to build plus EV lineups doing it this way, unless, you're, unless you have some type of simulation methodology. But in comparison to most of the field, being directionally accurate like this, you're going to make money. You, you, you're going to be profitable doing it this way to the point where we're playing solver versus solver like until that point this this is you're going to be you're going to be 90 percent of the field doing it this way and in the conceptual uh going through the youtube chat before before i show you the mma i will eagles i will uh injustice 360 if you're playing one lineup should you forget projected points and go for the lowest ownership lineup no you want to go for the highest rejected lineup that is the lowest owned. You know what the lowest owned lineup is? Playing all 1% players that project for nothing. Great. It projects for 17 points, but it will be the lowest owned. So you, you can't just go by ownership. Okay. So MMA stuff. I don't have, we don't have Godinez. We don't have ownership on Godinez yet. I'm going to expect she's going to be like 38% or something owned. Uh, based on my stuff right now, like I said, the, this when I'm not going to know the correct ownership until Godinez is because she was just added at nine thousand. So until until sites, until RG and other sites add the ownership, it's going to obviously affect other players, other fighters here. So it's hard to tell. But I mean, Mark. I mean, obviously, Mark is inclined to have the best anytime 
inside the distance. And for their, I mean, even for their ownership, they're going to be like 40, 50% owned. I still think they're, they're fine to play. I think from, from the, from the underdog side, based on my numbers, slight advantage for Andrew Sanchez, Jordan Wright, and Nate Landwehr, who's going to be the lowest owned fighter. But if he has a 14% chance of inside the distance, I mean, it's high variance. He shouldn't be this low owned, right? At 9%, right? If he was 15%, then he's a meh. He's, you could play him or not. Same thing for Danny Roberts. Like, he comes up well for, for being 11% owned. Doesn't mean they're going to win the fight. These are the two biggest underdogs on the slate. But based on the betting lines and the ownership, if they're, if Roberts is 11% and Landwehr is 9%, they're, they're under-owned. But, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to fail 9 out of 10 times. Just understand that. They're going to fail 9 out of 10 times. But when they do succeed... Uh, you get paid off handsomely for it. So if you want to, if you want to sprinkle them in, if you want to use them, Carolina, I have is the most over-owned fighter on the slate. Assuming she gets this ownership, I'm not even sure 26 is accurate. In the main event, I've rated fairly highly. Lad versus Dumont, and I think I'm more likely to. I'm, I think I'm more likely to play the Dumont side than the Lad side but I'll, I'll obviously have both. I hope people uh, shy away from Jim, Jim Miller. People aren't used to seeing Jim Miller at 8,700. He's usually the underdog in most fights, uh, but uh, he's plus 180 inside the distance. And typically when he wins inside the distance, it's in the first round, first round submission. So if he's 33% owned, he comes up as, he comes up as, as, as a good play. If he's 38%, 40% on, then no. So that's why I'm hoping if Jim Miller comes in under 30%, I, 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 I like that. Uh, and I think I think Emiev is going to be overplayed. I think both Klein and Emiev may be over, over on. Emiev like just doesn't get finishes. I mean, he's plus 230 inside the distance. And Klein really needs a knockout. He's not really, he's not really a wrestler. I think I'm more likely to build balanced builds or build builds where I'm playing like Fioro, Marquez, Miller, Ladd, and then still playing like a Landweer or a Roberts. Do some, that type of construction. Or maybe this is a slate where Andre Orlovsky gets a finish. You never know. Weirder things have happened. But no, this is an, you could go a lot of ways on this slate. We have to see what this ownership is going to look like with the, the Lupi Godinez inside. Because so it's going to it's going to affect things. I mean, obviously, a 9,000 fighter, it's going to come out of a lot of these higher. That's why I want to see what Jim Miller's ownership is going to be with Godinez. Even if we put in Godinez as 22%, that has to come out of somewhere. It's going to probably come out of some Marquez, some Fioro, some MEF, some Klein, some Miller. But how much out of Miller? So, yeah, so that there's, there's the MMA stuff. It's, it's, I hope, hope that helps you. It's kind of hard now because, like I said, this is not this, this is not accurate. I, I need I need the Godinez. I need the Godinez number to be in there. Uh, DJA Dog Three K. I love watching this show. It continues to bang the key concepts into my head. This process has saved me time and made me money. Well, well you're welcome. Hopefully, not in my contests. 
Don't take money out of my pockets. So uh, give me a thumbs up on your way out the door. I'll wave the thumbs at you for the thummy thumbs. Hit the subscribe button. If you're new here, notification bell to know when we go live. We've got tons of shows coming up. Uh, we got the Tony Take show today being recorded. Then tomorrow, we got the ownership report and the, the Blitz premium show Sunday morning. There's tons of shit. There's tons of stuff going on here. Sign up for Roto Grinders premium and uh, you get 10% off your $10 off your first month. Click on the link in the description. And all the concepts that are related to what I'm talking about, you know, looking at this worksheet, comparing projection versus ownership. I mean, that is the game theory of DFS. So feel free to go pick up my 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. It explains all this type of stuff, the concepts behind it, and it applies to all sports. It's how to think like a professional DFS player. So it has all, all these game objectives, player selection, expected value, leverage, correlation, construction, risk management, exploits, psychology, a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. Like, all you need is this. You could listen to this multiple times and bang, just like DJA Dog says, Bang the key concepts into your head. And you, you listen, you play. You listen, you play. You listen, you play. Six months later, you'll look at yourself from six months ago and go, that guy was an idiot, right? You get better iteratively over time. That's the whole part. That was the whole part purpose of me making the masterclass, okay? Now you could watch this show and you could get tons of the concepts the same way. But if you want one, you know, just solid 15 hours, there you go. Right, so you don't have to go and watch 300 hours, 500 hours worth of my shows. Like it's it's all in there, and that's how I learned how to play poker. Right, you read a book, you play, and you read it over, and you play. You read it over, and you're not going to be able to. Oh, I'm going to read. I'm going to read a full book in in two days, and then go out and be a world class poker player. No, yet things takes time to see the situations. Right, every hand is going to be different. Every table is going to be different. Every the stack sizes, everything. So you start applying the concepts and getting better and better and better and better. So that's kind of the purpose of the masterclass, the purpose of this show. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here for you, as always. Next week, we'll be talking NBA. NBA's back. So we got some, uh, this all, trust me, this, this all will apply to NBA also. We're going to be doing the same damn thing for NBA, right? You'll see, it's all the same thing, right? So I'll be answering your DFS strategy questions next week. We got uh, James still on on Mondays, and uh, and uh, we got multiple sports going on uh, for 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 you for you for you to get get an advantage on on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com.